Hi friends, welcome back to the I'm Proud of You podcast. I'm Casey and I am going to keep this intro very short and sweet this time around because this chat is a long one but it is a good one and trust me you're going to want to listen to the whole thing. I know I had so much fun recording it. I hopped on Zoom with my friend Ray Kim. He's another friend from college who was more than happy to jump on and do the podcast with me and there's so many interesting topics that we talk about anything from the coronavirus obviously we do get into that quite a bit but I feel like it's just a topic now that you just kind of really can't avoid and as much as like it's it's something like the more you try to fight it I think the more you end up just talking about it more because you're just talking about how you don't want to talk about it but what are you talking about the virus so in the end it just I just let the conversation flow where where it wanted to go and we talked about that we talked about politics if you're not into politics I still think you should listen I still think it I still think it's really relatable and just a really fun and interesting chat uh we talk about the environment which I love and I I got on my soapbox a little bit but there's some little little tidbits of just educational educational points here and there throughout it, if you're into that or just want to know some news little facts to fill your mind that in this time of quarantine. So yeah, this uh, chat, it was just so great. Like I said, like three times before, I'm so thankful for Ray Kim for being on and we could have gone on for a lot, lot longer than we did. And as I said at the end of this podcast, which you'll hear at the end when you listen to the end because I love you so much if you listen to the end (laughs) Uh, Ray's definitely going to be back on at some point Uh, whether that's in person or virtual I don't know yet but we'll just kind of take it as it goes so yeah and I really hope you guys like this podcast and I will check in with you at the end so I'm here with my friend Ray Kim from another friend from college. And Ray, can you just like kind of introduce yourself to the people listening to the podcast and just who you are, like anything kind of about you? Because there's a lot to you, I know that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Thank you for the introduction. So hi everyone, I'm Ray Kim Edwards. Um, I, along with Casey, go to Bloomsburg University. I am a sophomore, political science major, but I'm thinking about changing that to sociology. I don't know uh, what else about me. Um, I like your aspirations in life. Anything kind of that pops. Honestly, you said my aspirations in life. Yeah, yeah, just anything like that. This is so damn cliche, but just um, I want to learn more about like cultures, especially my own, because I felt like growing up, I was surround. I like I grew up in a pretty diverse family. Um, Mm -hmm. like on my dad's side, you know, like. Jamaicans, Canadians, some villages lived in England. On my mom's side, um, Puerto Rican side, a lot of people lived in the Dominican Republic, Taiwan, Puerto Rico. And I felt like even though I spoke to my relatives and we always had nice conversations, I never really learned about their culture in depth. So I guess, you know, as I'm getting older, I want to learn more about my family and my heritage in general. So that's one goal of mine. That was really cool. I didn't even know all that about your... Well, like, 
I knew it was pretty like diverse your background, but I didn't realize it was like that diverse from even like England. Like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, my um, my Miles. uncle Oswald lives in England. Yeah. Yeah, I cannot. I I honestly could say I can't relate. My whole family's just basically in PA. So. Um, would you say like your family's diverse in terms of like ideologically? Like, you mean our, like our views, kind of. Yeah. Y oh yeah. Well, I'm mm, no, no. I <laughs> said I, I am polar opposite. <laughs> You are the exception. Okay. Kind of isn't. I guess. There's different, there's differences, but I just like, I describe myself as kind of like a black sheep in my family in the in a good way, not in like a different uh -huh. kind of way, but yeah. But yeah. Um, anyway, like I'll say a little bit about Ray Kim. He is a very, very like interesting dude. I know anytime like literally we're at uh, the dining hall commons, I'd be, we'd be like halfway through dinner and then all of a sudden we'd be like, wait, where's Ray Kim? Like you just get up <laughs> and it'd be like 15 minutes later and he's just like chatting it up with someone just like in the salad bar and he's like, oh, there he is. Or like with someone behind like serving the food or like who <laughs> let us in. And like, you're always talking to like someone like there's, oh, you know, like I swear you knew like everyone on campus. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I try to like, I guess like, I think the reason why, because um, I think that's another thing I, did, I never told you guys about myself. Like, growing up, um, I didn't have, I think I was pretty anti, like, anti-social. Um, I felt like I did not really make a lot of friends. I felt different, too. Like, how you felt about being the black sheep. Of course, not in a negative way, but just in general. Hmm. That's how I felt, like, in middle school and in some parts, in early high school, I felt like, because I just came, like one, I live in Philadelphia, but I came, I was born in New York, so I never really felt like a true New Yorker, but I never felt like a Philadelphian either. So when I talked to my Philly friends, it was like, you know, I understand the lingo, I understand the culture, but I was just never fully immersed in it. Mm -hmm. So as a, result, as a result of that, like that boundary, I never felt truly accepted anywhere. So I guess me talking to a lot of people in Bloomsburg was kind of like my way of like learning about other people, but also possibly learning more about myself too and what I truly think. But it was kind of like a double whammy because I felt like after I talked to so much people, I felt like I lost a sense of myself too. Cause it was like, okay, what do I truly think now? I'm being exposed to all these different perspectives, but what do I really think? So it was a really interesting time in Bloomsburg, but yeah. I love that. Like all, everything you said, it's just like, yes. Was it kind of like, you said like you were born like in New York. I didn't even, I, again, I didn't even know that. You might've mentioned it, but I might've, it might've slipped my mind. But- And that's okay, yeah. yeah. And then you're from Philly and you said like, you never felt like you were really like part of either of them. So is it kind of yeah. like the whole, you know how, I don't know if you heard of it, but like imposter syndrome kind of thing. Oh my gosh, yeah. Do you feel a sense of that? Is that oh my all the time. I feel like everything like I remember when um even the jobs I had in Bloomsburg, I have in Bloomsburg. Hmm. Like I remember when I first started, like I just didn't I think it took me a while to process it. And I didn't see myself as a person in that job. I still saw myself as just Ray Kim. Mm -hmm. Um and I felt like as a result of that, I had to prove it to myself that I deserved to be there. 
And I felt like no matter what I did, it was kind of hard to convince myself I deserved anything I got. Mm-hmm. So I definitely, when you said imposter syndrome, it clicked. Like yeah. I struggled with that shit for like years since I was like in middle school. Yeah, I know that's like thrown around like online a lot. So I never really like, I think it's kind of a thing like that's kind of like a buzz, like a buzz word term kind of thing now, like imposter syndrome thrown around all the time. But like a lot of people, I don't know if they really exactly understand what it is or if they're just kind of like jumping on the trend to that. If they think it's a trend. Uh-huh. It's not really a thing that's a trend. It shouldn't really be a trend or a good thing. I mean, it's not, it's just like a struggle kind of thing. Cause I definitely have been in the same like position, like even starting this podcast. Cause there's like so What's- many other podcasts out there and it's like, uh, but you just gotta go for it and kind of make it up as you go, I guess. <laughs> uh-huh. Now, like, what's your understanding of imposter syndrome? Like, what is it to you? Uh, to me, it's just, like, I guess going into something with not feeling like you're not knowledgeable about what you're going into and, like, constantly yeah. the whole comparison factor really plays into the imposter syndrome because mm-hmm. you're like, comparing yourself to, like, literally everyone, but, like, there's not one set thing that determines what makes someone good or bad at a thing, at like a job or a skill. So, I would okay. So I would say, yeah, no, I, I think I agree with that definition. That's my, similar to my understanding of it as well. Um, I definitely think like, I mean, I. It is like a buzz phrase. Like, it is like a buzzword. You're right. I've seen it thrown around so many times on the internet. Um, but I think there's a valid reason why. I feel like people... Um, I think that's a universal struggle, honestly. I feel like, especially now in this generation where we have a lot of social media, you know, um, we constantly compare ourselves to people. Like, even when it comes to this fucking the coronavirus... <laughs> Um, like I've seen so many posts were saying like you know if you're not making money moves you're not making power moves you're basically a scrub yes me and Jess actually touched about this last time I don't know if you listened but like we did we talked about this too and I think it's just such a common like thing and if we want to like dive into the whole I know I had a question about like the whole like coronavirus and just like in America in general like you think it really shows us how like prioritize like what America or the U.S. kind of prioritizes more because I think a lot of it's like economy money like even online it's like grow your business like grow your business online work from home but we're not really focusing on the health of like obviously we're focusing on the health of people but it's not like at the forefront compared to like the economy when I feel like mm. in other countries I mean, I can't say firsthand that I know, but it seems like they're they don't they're not taking the same approach, and they're actually concerned of the health of their citizens, which should be the case. But I don't think it really is. That's my opinion, at least. And no, I could definitely I could definitely understand that. I think a reason why some countries are taking a different approach than America is because how their economic system set up. Um, in America, um, and. I'll give my information, everyone that's listening, I'll give my, you know, social media, like, info, just so you can correct me on this if I'm wrong, because I would hate to spread false information. But from limited knowledge, it seems that, like, other developed nations Mm -hmm. are more willing to pay 
people, pay workers to stay at home. They don't have, they're not incentivized to go out. Um, they don't have to fear about not having money for rent. I know we have the stimulus, the stimulus check too in the country, but $1,200 is not really going to cut it for most no, people. not in the U.S. economy, no. No. I mean, I'm um, not an economist or anything like that, but like, I hated my econ class, but like, I understand the general knowledge of it that $1,200 is not enough to sustain you. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. I don't even know um, how people have received that stimulus check. So well, I don't yeah, I don't think we qualify. Um yeah. I mean unless you unless you filed your taxes, Casey. I'm yeah. not sure. Um I have no idea, honestly. Like I file I tried to file for unemployment and it just makes my head spin. So I'm just like I'm making money now and I'm financially okay and honestly I don't really want to think about money right now. So Yeah. Are you are you dog sitting? What? Are you dog sitting still? I still work. I'm still working yet, but um, dog sitting I'm not because the whole like social distancing that doesn't really work with dog sitting. Like a lot of yeah. people aren't going anywhere, so they don't really need their dog watched. Well, still thank you for your services. Still, yeah. anyone that's working, that's listening right now, thank you again. Yeah. Um, it means a lot. Yeah, um. But to what you said, though, to your original question, Casey, mm -hmm. um, I think this does show this this virus has revealed so much about us. Oh my God! As yeah. people and as a society, mm -hmm. like the racial inequalities, the class inequalities, the fact that you know a lot of people mm -hmm. have the privilege of staying working from home, you know, and yeah. doesn't necessarily make it. Class differences aren't inherently a bad thing. Mm -hmm. well, I mean, well, that's a different topic, but we could, that is something that's discussed a lot, like my philosophy class, like whether or not people, I think, because I think communism believed that there should be no class distinctions, but that's a different topic. Huh. But um, it's, yeah, like we, the fact that like a lot of people of color are more so affected by this, because mm -hmm. um, I know a lot, just being from Philly, a lot of good friends of mine, they still have to work. Um, yeah. to provide for their family yeah. um, and it also sucks because they're also college students so they're college students they have to deal with um, just transitioning to Zoomsburg they have to still work yeah. and the horrible thing is a lot of companies are not really taking the policy seriously like no. I've heard about the meat the meat factories oh my god that's um, yeah I definitely have that written down for a point that I want to touch on so <laughs> Oh, wow. What were you about to say about the meat factories? It's just, um, well, it was going to like transition because I know you mentioned about the whole like environmental factor. So I kind of had that under, under that, but like, get it, like getting in the little tangent of the environmental factor, like, yes, like it's, people are focusing like how it's clearing up and everything. Like air pollution's down, emissions are down. And I guess, I guess, well, I think, yeah, water pollution is down somewhat in some That's countries. Awesome but we're focusing on that and like I hate to be like I'm not a pessimistic person and I hate to be pessimistic about it but it's kind of like almost like not enough it's just because we're not going out and we're forced pretty much to stay in yeah we're yeah to give the environment a break but yet there's still what's still not being focused on is like I get like relating to the meat industry like factory farming is still booming they're still polluting our waters they're still mm -hmm. the air, like they're still booming because Americans love their meat. <laughs> yeah, I'm not shaming. I don't want to sound like a preachy shamey person at all. 
but like the overconsumption of just like everything in general, like factories are still going, factory farming is still happening. Like all this agriculture pretty much is still happening. And, mm -hmm. but like stuff is clearing up. Yes. But our landfills definitely aren't because of all this thing, like I get the medical industry can't prevent that ever. And I'm not saying that they have to like be cautious of that at all. So, uh -huh. It's just like all the single use stuff that we're still using because like people are ordering takeout, which comes with an absurd amount of plastic and paper and literally like so much unnecessary things. And some yeah. companies like are doing their part in per scaling back, but definitely not enough are, are participating in that. So that's just, I could go on with my soapbox. So <laughs> you take it <laughs> here. <laughs> I mean, no, I agree with you 100%. I, um, I didn't even think about just getting takeout. Um, like, oh my gosh. Yeah, no, it, it is it is problematic. Mm -hmm. And I do think that when we, when society does come back to normal, even if, I don't know if it will ever be back to normal mm -hmm. again, but when we're closest to normal, I think we're not going to care for the environment we're going to treat it the same way as we did before the outbreak yeah i totally see that again I'm not trying to be like pessimistic but i mean things trying to think of a case to relate it to that might have changed people's perspective but like i especially with the current administration in office i really don't see that happening because yeah. I, we backed out or not we trump backed out from the paris agreement and that could have, I don't know if you know much about the Paris Agreement or not. It's basically like the environmental standards. I guess that's what I took from it, at least. I didn't super read up on it. So if I'm wrong, I apologize. But like he backed out of that, which the Obama administration was going into to like mm -hmm. kind of like set, it sets more standards to environmental regulations and just that companies have to abide by. And basically by dropping out of the Paris Agreement, he kind of let companies like go out of free-for-all and doesn't really he majorly scaled back environmental conservation like, like mm. issues to like the bottom of the totem pole because you know got to get that tax break and make sure the economy's booming for him because that's all that matters <laughs> so. you know it makes me think just i mean it makes me i don't understand why i mean yes like I think the like economic interests are more short term, mm -hmm. but how I think we need to see. I think politicians, especially on the right, no offense to anyone that's a right winger, um, but I think we need to understand how the economy and the environment are interconnected. Mm -hmm. But even just on a personal level, like even with just because um, I know in Philadelphia in some parts of Philly at least, um, if you get a plastic bag, you are, I think you're charged like 69 cents. Mm -hmm. And depending on how often you go to the store and depending on how many bags you get and depending on how many things you get, that could be a lot of money over time. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it is both, you have both a financial and an environmental incentive to mm -hmm. buy your reusable plastic bags. No, you have reusable bags. So, like, I think we need to see how it's interconnected. And I know I can't really 
I don't know too much about either, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, not in depth. But I think as a society, I, I think that's, that's worth looking into as well. Oh, yeah, because you can't have an economy without your environment. Yeah, exactly. Like, you need something to support us. Like, I think it's just, again, like, relating to the virus and relating to the environment, like, we just really take for granted things around us. And I think this time is really showing us, like, all that we do have. And, like, if we looked that way all the time towards the earth, I think it would benefit. You don't even have to be, like, I'm not saying, like, turn into some, like, hippie or anything like that. Just, like, <laughs> yeah. be cautious of what you're doing and, like, think before you use, like, a plastic water bottle or, like, just the basic steps. Because a lot of people I know, like, it's a common thing. They're just like, oh, I'm not going to do anything because I can't do everything. It's like, just do little things. Yeah. Like, do so many things now. Like, I don't really even second. But I, I'm obviously more, a lot more invested in it because yeah. it's one of my, like, true, like, passions that I've now found. And it's like... Now they're just like everyday things in my life and I don't even really think about them all that much. I just do it. Mm-hmm. Eventually become like that. But like, I guess like I get some people's lifestyles don't, don't make it easy for it. But like, I, don't, I think someone, everyone can do at least a little bit. And that's of all course. I need is everyone doing their little part to make a big difference. But a lot of people is don't it- see Oh, my apologies. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was done. You're good. Oh, I was going to say that it's interesting that you said lifestyle. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely think that, like, I would say, and I, I don't want to make a generalization. This does not reflect everyone, but just just what I've seen um, growing up. So, mm-hmm. like, when I was in New York, um, I spent a lot of my time in the projects. Um, my grandma still lives there. My aunt still lives there. A lot of people I know, like my cousins, they live in the projects, like sort of the working class. Yeah. Um, I would say just from spending time there, environmental issues, like I remember just talking to my grandma one time about like, I don't know, it was even just the reuse of water. How, mm-hmm. we, how, how often we use water and how we need to cut down on that. Mm-hmm. I think because like because of their class and because there's certain things they have limited access to their environment overall is not a concern to them Mm. like it's a different mentality if you're if you if you're struggling financially if you live in poverty yeah you know what i'm saying i i remember that even when just like whenever my family would like visit my house like, it's a privilege for me in a way. Like, I'm privileged in that sense because, like, I'm not, I don't have to worry about when I'm going to eat my next meal or I don't know. It's just like, I can think about the environment. I can think about how I'm personally doing. Mm-hmm. Like, because I was actually thinking about this earlier. This is kind of going on a tangent, but even when we just talk about revolution in history and how it was, some revolutions have been in the name of working class people, the common people. Mm-hmm. It was always people the or- that organized the revolution that were of like middle or upper class. Mm-hmm. Even if we mention Al Qaeda, you know, Osama bin Laden came from a relatively well, I think he, from a well off family. I think his dad was a doctor. Correct me if I'm wrong. I have no so idea. it's just, yeah, no, it's, it's really interesting. Um, yeah, so I guess, like, 
I'm thinking to myself, you know, if I were a politician or anyone that had power, how would I incentivize working class people to try to be more mindful of the environment? And I guess the simple fact that like when hazards happen, mm -hmm. which can occur because of how we mistreat our environment, they affect working class communities more. Okay. They may not have houses that have the best protection against hazards, yeah. natural hazards. So it's so interesting, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not making the argument, like to anyone listening that I'm saying poor people are not environmentally conscious. Mm -hmm. But I think just from what I've seen, because of their lifestyle and because of their limited choices, they may not think about much as that, as say mm -hmm. someone like you and I, people okay. that are able to go to college. Yeah, that's um, yeah. Oh, my bad, my bad. No, you're fine, keep going. If you have, if you have another thing to add. Yeah, just, I, I guess just wanted to provide a perspective. Um, Cause even just talking to my mom, like, and I think it's also a generational thing too. Um, I always try to correct my mom about like certain things. Like, Ma, we have to stop using this resource as much. We have to be conservative um, with how we use water. Um, even just eating meat. Maybe instead of eating meat five times a week, how about we reduce it to three? Exactly. You know? Um, Again, back to the whole, like, you don't have to do everything. Like, you don't have to go, this is a little pun, but you don't have to go cold turkey on it. Like, yeah. You can, like, even just, I. it's thrown around so much, like, on so many podcasts I listen to and everything. Just, like, one tip is just, like, meatless Mondays. Yeah. Whatever. Like, there's a lot of freaking good, like, non- meat things out there now like 10 years ago or so like probably not but now like there's a lot of freaking i do not miss meat at all <laughs> so mm, like mm -hmm. there's so many and like people are like oh it's just like tofu and stuff like that like like look it up look up online like i'm sure you're gonna find a ton of recipes like i know you'll find a ton of recipes and mm -hmm. have, honestly it's just a way of like experimenting and it's like kind of having fun in the kitchen yeah like, yeah, no, that, that yeah. that's definitely a nice way of looking at it. Like it, it makes you more resourceful. Like yeah. you're looking for, you're actively looking for better alternatives than meat. Yeah. Like it can, that can just improve your character. Honestly, just resourcefulness is a trait that I've always admired in people. Mm -hmm. Um, just yeah, like have kind of. What you about to say? Just like using what you already have. Like just use what's around your house and. Even that doesn't even just go down to like your meals and like cooking, just anything like a lot of the things that I've seen lately and like an art project I actually want to do eventually is like just the idea of like greenwashing and all these like mm. materials coming out that are like, oh, get these, expect like one, one example is like paper towels, like get these unpaper towels or something like that. Well, I think they're mm. actually kind of okay. They're just, just the way they're marketed. I think they're really overpriced. And literally, mm. pretty much rags that you wash. Just go out, buy some regular dish towels, and wash them. Or cut up some old pieces of fabric, use them as rags, and just rewash them. You don't have to buy these unpapered towels or whatever. Sure, they might be mm. kind of absorbent, but if you have a lot of rags, like I know I have a ton of fabric here, but then again, I am an art major, so I have a ton of everything like that. So. Uh -huh. Just like I've just been cutting up, like I have a roll of paper towels that I had since I moved into 
my new place and I literally haven't used any of them. It's the exact same. My mom was there just because she thought I needed paper towels and it's been the same exact size since I got here. <laughs> it, so this is called greenwashing? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, you know what greenwashing is? No, I, I've actually never heard it until yeah. until now. Like a pretty like a short little without getting on a whole like little tangent is basically like when a company claims that they're like sustainable or like good for the environment, but when you look into into it more, they're really not. Like one big example mm. is like restaurants that say they have compostable uh, like like silverware and plates and stuff like that that you use it it will say like compostable totally compostable but that restaurant doesn't compost mm. so unless you're taking that compostable silverware or coffee cup back to your compost and renting it out the way i mean i guess you don't really have to rinse it out depending on what was on it if it's like natural things that could compost and unless you're taking it back to your home which a lot of people don't do because they're not they see oh it's compostable so they're going to compost it but the restaurant doesn't have a compost so they're just kind of saying it to kind of like ease the customer's mind and kind of think oh i'm doing something good for the environment when they're really not and they can't really I mean, yeah so when you research like what the restaurants are doing like what do you look for specifically in your researching I mean, it's not like with greenwashing, it's not like just restaurants. It's just like the first example that popped in my head. But it's even uh -huh. products like on the shelf. Like if something, like I guess like, recy like recycling, I guess I think would be, could be considered greenwashing because the company might say, oh, we're recyclable. But when you really look into it, the whole scheme of just recycling is just mind boggling to me. Because mm. a lot of things, Yes, they are recyclable, but you have to completely like tin can like cans. Like I know at work at least we get a lot of obviously like dog food cans, but if mm -hmm. the dog food cans are still like contaminated, which a lot of people aren't rinsing like I always rinse mine out because I know this, but a lot of people don't rinse out like all the gunk that's left in afterwards. Yeah, and that's still in there, and you just throw it in there. That it's not recyclable then in the end. It, mm -hmm. I mean, it basically can contaminate that whole trap the whole bin of recyclables because one's contaminated so they just throw it all out and basically yeah i don't really know if that's exactly greenwashing but mm. some things just say like you just see the travel the chasing arrows like the three little arrows that say that claim they're like recycling but then you don't know what class of recycling it is because there are i think nine different types of recyclable materials and really? okay. each are like, it doesn't apply everywhere in the world. Like some places only take certain recyclables, some like municipalities only take like plastic, cardboard, whatever. I don't know what mine is. Honestly, I have no idea, but it's just confusing. And it just adds another layer of confusion basically to the whole, just trying to be more sustainable. Mm. It just adds another step that's really not necessary. So, mm. yeah. I, I wish. Explained it, but... Wait, what'd you say? My apologies. I couldn't hear you. I don't know if that fully like explained it, but. Oh yeah. no! I think you did a great job. No, <laughs> I I really think you did a great job. And so what you said about just um, 
like the layer of confusion. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. I wish people were more educated on this. I wish it was more accessible to people because I feel like, um, you know, this people that know this usually actively research for it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like we either need to make two things happen for society to be more environmentally conscious. We need to show why the environment influences every aspect of society, including the economy. We need to really drive that in. Mm-hmm. Or we just need to kind of push it more to people's faces. Yeah. So like even if they don't they don't take heed of what to do to be envir- environmentally um conscious, yeah. at least they have more of a chance to, you know? Yeah. I think with our something is like our generation, I feel like I mean we are becoming more aware i definitely see a movement as a, in us becoming more aware that might just be because i'm doing more research in it so i'm finding more people who are aware but mm-hmm. i think really especially with talking to like people in the generations before me like some of them yes they're they are like up like quote unquote up with it kind of and they like they do their part but a lot of them are just like stuck in their ways and it's kind of they're kind of pushing it back onto our generation and we're going to be the ones who have to raise our kids in the generation on this earth and will the earth be able to like sustain us to do that because in the path we're going now like again i hate to be pessimistic but it really doesn't look too hot i mean it does look hot because you know climate change but yeah (laughs) not look at the I mean, I don't think, Casey, you're being pessimistic. I think it's more, your perspective is realistic. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, we, even we're just dealing with this um, outbreak going on, uh, a lot of us, a lot of people I've known, I've encountered, have a very optimistic point of view, but it's kind of like, it's, it's panglossy and, like, it's overly optimistic. Oh, yeah. Um, like, we do need to make some changes as a society if we want to recover from this. If we want to recover from anything that we're dealing with, you and know, you can't, like, um, you can't just keep pointing fingers at like, oh, this person did this wrong and this person. It's like we can't keep nitpicking and pointing fingers. We have to come together. And exactly. That's exactly what message this whole everything right now is. Not even just the like the pandemic. It's just like literally everything. Like come together and stop tearing each other apart because that's not going to get us anywhere. So Yeah. And I think, like, it, it's kind of one of those things where it's, like, it's frustrating to see, but it's also kind of understandable in a way because it's, like, um, for when it comes to dealing with, like, a crisis, any, any, any kind of crisis, it's, like, um, hold on one second. You're good. I'm not answering that door. Um, okay, so I'm locking my door. Just, just making sure. Um, so, like, we have different populations, different demographics, um, different demands and different needs in general as states. So it's like we can't approach it the same way. Um, I mean, this would be a similar guidelines for each state, but we have to be mindful of the differences we have. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, 
the reason why we are so divided is because we expect everyone to do the same, abide by the same standard. Mm -hmm. And we forget to realize that like, oh, a specific group of people can't do this as much as others. Yeah. You know, so it's- Around again, the like whole privilege thing that you're saying. Like some people just literally can't. Yeah, they literally can't do it, you know? So it's, it's like, they have to go with different approaches if they want to get to the same result. Yeah. Um, is even we're just talking about like, oh, well, this generation should use this opportunity to grow and become more entrepreneurial and shit like that. It's like, what about people that have anxiety? Like, they're not coping with this. Yeah. How do you, what do you say to them? Yeah, some people How do you want them to be productive? People just don't like vibe that way. Like, some people are good. Yeah, they can work like on their own and kind of like be their own boss kind of. But some people just like, they purely like the work environment. And I'm kind of like, me personally, I'm kind of like in the mix of both. Like I do like the structure of work, but I can also kind of manage myself and like work for myself, like have my own passion project and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. like if someone just, if just doesn't vibe with someone, then you can't force that upon them. So. Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. Um. Hmm. like the whole like online schooling like I mean we're kind of all forced onto that but like for some people it just really doesn't work and I know for a lot of people it really doesn't work because this isn't really what we signed up for at least for me it's not so yeah like it depends on your learning style like I'm I I like to talk to my professor directly um sure. I like talking in general and I feel like because it's like asynchronous and I can't ask questions as we're going on. I mean, yeah, I could think of questions and I can email them, mm -hmm. you know, the questions, but just, it's still kind of tough, you know? So it's better suited for some people than others. And I think we have to be mindful of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. The aspect of like being, like I can see, like I have, I don't know about you, but like I have quite a few like Zoom, like regular meeting times. And like, yeah, mm. I see my professors like on the screen, but it's still like, I'm just now coming around to like being semi-comfortable on Zoom. Like when we first started, I know like I'd be on the video chat and I'd be so freaking uncomfortable. Like I just did not like it. Now I didn't even want to like talk cause I just felt so uncomfortable. And like, I know these people who are on my Zoom chat. It's just the aspect of all of them being on my computer. I don't, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It was just weird for me and sort now, of- how have you navigated since then? I'm like, I'm sort of easing into it, but I still don't love it. Like I'd much rather just be in the studio. Like I miss the studio so much right now. Mm -hmm. so. mm. Well, do you think we're going to come back next semester? I, I think so. That's my optimistic view. I think we should. Yeah. Let's hope so. I yeah, think, I, really so. I, I mean, I, I don't think I could start again. <laughs> I don't honestly I don't want to say I can't, but I don't, it's going to be really challenging. That's going to be tough. It's going to be so tough. Um, if the deal's going again, like online, I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know. I mean, I think if we were to, if we were to start next semester with Zoom, mm -hmm. I think it would be I think it'd be easier in some aspect. I think professor would be easier in terms of planning their. Uh, you know their um their schedule yeah like i think it will go it'll be a smoother process of course but i think some people's mental health especially the students is not gonna 
Oh no! Doesn't it's not gonna approve. Yeah. That's something else we can we can touch on too, because I know you mentioned about talking about like mental health and how how people are like holding up during this time. So, yeah. Like, how's, how's that for you? Like, how are you holding up during this time? Honestly, Casey, like this is very personal, but you know, um, it's real. Um, I'm doing fine now, but the past four weeks I haven't been doing all right, cause like my mom and my sister work in healthcare. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, Most of my family, you know, my dad's overseas right now in Jamaica. Wow. A lot of my family members live in New York. Yeah. Um, My uncle died from this shit. So it's like every day I think about everyone I care about dying. And it gets me a lot. Um, And it got to a point where I was so anxious that my body started turning against me. Like I dealt with body aches. Um, sore throat, mm-hmm. earaches, um, dizziness, heart palpitations. Um, I got hit a lot, and at a point, I actually thought I had COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got tested twice, and I'm good. But they think I may have developed anxiety. Yeah. So right now, I'm doing okay. I think just like talking about it with my mom more because I was afraid to worry them. I, like I'm trying my best to hold strong for them because I know like of course like if you care about someone it hurts it hurts you when you see them suffer mm-hmm. internally you know or physically yeah so I think just talking about it with my mom and my doctor mm-hmm. was actually pretty helpful and you know this week I actually feel fine like I could move again I could you know dance awkwardly <laughs> to my music by myself in my room I could do that shit again mm-hmm. you know so I actually feel fine now I guess what I'm doing, how I'm trying to cope with my mental, like how I'm tr- trying to improve my mental health mm-hmm. is like, I try to take a break from looking up coronavirus updates. Well, one, I don't look from politicians anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't like going this on CNN or Fox News, any political channel. Mm-hmm. That doesn't help. Cause I feel like they're either going to overestimate it or underestimate this virus. I don't need that. So I'm trying to go to more scientists. Yeah. But even then, just learning more about certain shit. Like, have you ever heard of the cytokine storm? The what? The cytokine storm? No. No. So basically, it's what happens when you have, you know, a viral infection in your body and your immune system overly responds to it. Um, And that is why there have been some cases of young and or healthy people dying from it. Because, mm-hmm. like, when, you're over, when your immune system over-responds, um, I don't really know the mechanics of it, mm-hmm. but it's a, very interesting, um, it's a very interesting topic. I suggest anyone listening to research this because um, it's, it's discussed a lot in the medical community. Like, I even heard my mom talking about it with her colleague on the phone a few days ago. I was like, oh, that's so interesting because I learned about it too recently. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really interesting. Oh, it is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad, well, that that's... Kind of, I'm glad that you kind of, like, got out of, like, recent, like, deep diving in, like, the news and stuff, because I, I know I've heard a lot of stories about people just spiraling, like, going completely, like, haywire and balls to the walls with, like, researching the news all the time, and I think that's kind of, like, a lot of things that we got, like, a lot of people got wrapped up in when this whole thing first started, because yeah. I mean, we've never seen something like this before, so everyone's going to be, like, they want to like keep up on the news and everything. And now we're kind of like, Oh, 
probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, you, you probably should make, because, you know, the information is pretty dark, especially when you, like, there are some, I've heard some scientists theorize that we're all going to get the virus, Casey. Eventually, we all will. Yeah. Like, at some point, we're going to. But the purpose of social distance, the purpose of flattening the, the, the curve, quote, unquote, hmm. is so that not everyone gets it at the same time. So it won't overwhelm our healthcare system. Um, yeah. That gets to me a lot. But I just think that, like, taking a break from it, maybe give it a day or two. Yeah. And just telling yourself that, like, no matter what, you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. um, the news and it's okay. What were you going to say? The news is always going to be there. Yeah, the news will always be there, honestly. Like, yeah. That article. You don't, have to, you don't have to find it the minute it comes out. You'll find it eventually. Yeah, like, you'll learn about the shit. Yeah. And just, you know, stay home. Yeah. Take care of yourself. Take care of your immune system the best you can. Like, I mean, I know it's not a good time now because a lot of students, it's finals week, and a lot of students are doing work four o'clock in the morning. I'm guilty of that myself. Mm -hmm. Um. But, like, I think after finals are done, I definitely think we'll have more time yeah. to do better with self-care. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's one good thing. Um, I don't know, yo. Like, it's just really, it can get so depressing sometimes, especially when you can't, like, see your relatives. Yeah. Like, I couldn't see my uncle before he passed. Oh. So we tried to just have, we tried to say goodbye to him on Zoom a few weeks back. Mm -hmm. Um. It was it was nice. It was touching. Um, you know, I more so felt for my grandma because that's I think that is her baby brother. Mm -hmm. So, like, I can't even and I can't even hug my grandmother right now. You know, so it's like it's it's a tough thing. But yeah, but like going back to the whole like mental health and like how you said like you were struggling in the past. I just think like it really just like you saying how like your body was even like responding to that. I think it just really shows and a lot of things people overlook it, but your mental health is so, so tied to your physical health. Oh and my gosh. Yes. Just, like, they bypass that whole aspect of their mental health and just it's all like on the physical or anything like that. But you really have to tackle like your mental health and make sure your mental health is okay before literally anything else. Cause like you said, like all the things that were happening to your body, it's just like that's a reality. Like that happens. Like it's research and like there's science behind it. Like when your oh body does that shit isn't right, like it acts out. Like your body is a smart, like I don't know everything about like anatomy and like physiology and stuff like that. But I know that like when something is right in your body, like your body knows, like you can't trick it. So Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like I don't I don't know too much about, you know, uh psychosomatic things, you know, how the body and mind are interconnected. Mm -hmm. I'm not too much about that, but I could just say from personal experience, even with just stress, that boosted my, I got high, I had early stage of hypertension that raised my blood pressure. Oh my God. Like I got to 140. Oh my God. And <laughs> it was, um, it was a, it was scary as fuck. Mm -hmm. And I think that was actually a reason why. Now, did I think like, oh, was it because of diet? I was like, perhaps but I was actually eating pretty good the past few weeks like I tried to drink water I tried to eat more um leafy foods so I'm like it it probably is stress yeah I know. and when I was what'd you say 
No, stress does a lot to the body, especially. Oh my gosh. We both know that we're college students, so. Oh my gosh, yeah, and it's, and it's so funny because I, I remember exactly last year, the finals week, I got sick. Yeah, um, I remember that too. I, I think we were just remember we being like, wait, where's Ray Kim? And like, you were either in class or like you were in your room. We're like, is he Oh dead? my gosh. If <laughs> <laughs> I did, yeah. I felt like I was going to die. Yeah. I mean, like, not even being funny, but like, yeah. it just, I remember, I remember when Abby, Abby's our friend, um, to everyone listening, um, Abby, it was like on a Saturday when I first started feeling sick. Abby was like, oh, can I, can you go to sub with me, with me, buddy? Like she always says. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'm going to get some fresh air. And I remember, Casey, it hurt to walk. Cool. Oh my gosh. I felt like, oh, it was just hell. Yeah. And I, and I think I felt like vomiting too. But the worst thing was like, I didn't. That's the worst thing in the world to me. Oh when God. you feel like you have to do something, but you can't do it. Like when you feel like you have to sneeze and like the sneeze just won't come out. Yeah, yeah. That is so fucking frustrating. Oh and um, yeah, like, yeah. so I think I was just stressed out about finals week, you know, because I was a freshman. This yeah. is like my first time taking a college final and it's a different ball game than high school. Yeah. Um, so to everyone, definitely take care of your mental health however you see fit. Um, I was actually recommended last week to go see a counselor. Of course, it's difficult because, you know, with the outbreak, but even just going to online therapy resources yeah. could help too. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so definitely well, take really, care of your mental health. With being like just therapy, like even like quote unquote, like typical like therapy, it can, your therapy can be like literally anything. Like, yeah. Like, even just, like, just talking out to, like, a friend or something or, like, literally just, like, listening to podcasts. I know that's been kind of, like, my therapy lately. I've just been, mm. like, obsessed with podcasts. Like, obsessed. <laughs> so much. No, so has, like, one. <laughs> how has, has making, um, has making a podcast been therapeutic for you, too, or just solely watching podcasts? I think really listening to them is, but then... I think like making it, it's not, not that it's, it's obviously, it's not stressful. Like obviously add something else that I'm another project, but I really do like it. And Mm -hmm. now it's just kind of like figuring out like what works best, like which host, like that's like where your podcast gets like distributed, like the website that does that all, like which host Mm -hmm. is the best to like go under. Cause I was under one, but then I did switch to a better one. Cause again, it's like free. I did. I was putting it off because I thought it was free, and like I heard bad things about it. But you're gonna hear bad things about literally any site. So yeah, I like. I don't think the act of like making it so much is therapeutic, but like definitely listening to them is to me. So oh yeah, no, it definitely makes sense. I think it's funny because like I think one thing that was therapeutic for me that has been therapeutic for me for the past two months. I guess just talking to people on the phone, mm-hmm. um, just seeing how they're doing, uh, and just joking around as if we were, you know, back in college, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it was actually pretty, it was kind of selfish to me in a way, because I remember when I was sick, like, I remember it was two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing, Casey, like, I think what was so frustrating about me being sick was, like, every other week, it was different things. Yeah, it just kept adding. It just kept adding. Oh, and, like, say if I took something for one thing, it yeah. would disappear and yeah. something else would come up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, 
So at one point, I felt like I had, when I had a sore throat, it was hard for me to talk. And it was, at some points, it was hard for me to breathe. Oh my God. So I remember I used just me FaceTiming as an opportunity to see how long I could talk. Mm-hmm. If I get out of breath within a few seconds, if I could talk for at least three sentences, I know truly, well, I don't have a, of course, I don't, I'm not a doctor. I don't really understand everything mm-hmm. that's going on inside, but at least me talking is kind of like vocal lung exercise mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. So it was pretty helpful in a way. It was pretty helpful. I mean, yeah, I can def- that definitely makes sense because again, like again, we're like social isolating. So like you could just go all day without even saying a word and not really realize it. So like you won't yeah. really hope your voice is getting better or anything. It's sort yeah. of like to use it or lose it, but like you're not gonna permanently lose your voice, I don't think. So it's just kind of like checking in. It's also a way of just kind of like checking in with yourself to make sure that to just see how you are like at that moment so I definitely yeah. that makes sense oh yeah I was like I didn't tell my friend at the time like the friend I was talking to yeah but I was just so grateful for them after like when yeah. I went to bed and we like parted ways and stuff I was just grateful mm-hmm. um that I was able to like one just talk to them and laugh and joke and shit but also see like where I'm at mm-hmm. um honestly like what do you think we're going to lose um as a result of this outbreak in general like just did like anything like lose like like how yeah go ahead my my apologies like like personally or just like as a society or just like anything in general what do you think we're gonna lose as a society i think definitely once we go back into whatever quote-unquote normal is next I think just establishing communication again is definitely going to be we're not going to lose it but it's going to take a little bit to build back up I know Uh because like we're more online now than like ever and yeah social distancing and I I don't that's a good question I don't really know what exactly we're going to like lose fully I don't know I mean I could oh go ahead Go ahead, go ahead. Um, yeah, you go ahead. Oh, my, my bad. No, you sure? Yeah, yeah. My thought wasn't fully there anyway, so you go ahead. <laughs> okay, I was just thinking, like, because I know that, like, when it comes to communication style, mm-hmm. um, uh, well, it kind of depends on the country and also even within the country, like, the regions. Mm-hmm. But I know that, like, I could definitely see us doing less handshakes or talking when we're talking to each other be as close as we were before the outbreak yeah um i mean i think it would definitely be a transition for european countries because they're very close to each other um you know uh physical like just touching in general i think even just terms of love languages how people express how they care for each other i know a lot of people like touching but they can't do it anymore so they have to strengthen another aspect You have to strengthen another love language, quote unquote. Yeah. Like, I remember thinking to myself, you know, like, what if I should learn a- ASL? Because, like, yeah. when you talk in this outbreak, you're spreading particles. And if you have COVID, like, depending on how far that person, how far away that person is from you, and if they, whether or not they have a mask, how exposed they are, you could give it to them just by talking or shouting. 
yeah. it comes out especially if you're shouting yeah um so like maybe it's best if we learn how to communicate non-verbally like yeah. i could see that like moving forward oh that's that's scary at least it is that's scary <laughs> oh like we're gonna be so fucking different when we come out of this yeah. honestly yeah i don't know what to expect and i really don't think like that can again like transition kind of another topic like just opening or transition back i guess kind of like opening states and everything in the economy way too early i think i don't think i think it came out of like nowhere like there's literally no tests that were like oh we're like the curve or whatever like the peak i don't know Did they say that the peak was hit or whatever or they st- i guess they still don't know it's still on the air because yeah because they're they're changing the word up they said there was supposed to be a peak nationwide yeah. around may yeah, um, I mean, like I heard, like June or July. Just they, they keep pushing it because they don't know. So yeah, this um supposedly that's supposed to double in June. Yeah. Um. So I'm very interested to see what happens. Yeah. I'm also interested to see what happens to people that were infected early on, because mm-hmm. we don't really know how long this virus stays within you. Yeah. You know, does it when you recover, is it out of your system or does it stay or is it just dormant? Yeah. You know, so I'm really interested in that aspect. I think it's funny, just to, I mean, to go back to one topic we were talking about earlier, we're talking about mental health and just coping. I think this is one way of coping too. I guess kind of getting detached from it and not seeing myself as someone in this outbreak, but as someone like studying it and seeing how it's affecting, thinking about how it's affecting people how it's affecting um, different institutions in our country. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, I don't think it's inherently bad or good, but I feel like if you get too detached from it, mm-hmm. I think you may have a problem. Um, sure. So, and I've, I've definitely picked up a, that up about myself a few weeks ago. So I was like, okay, I have to remember I'm still here. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not a student from 2050, you know, in a history class talking about the coronavirus, you know, and, I can't, you know, I'm, God, that's gonna be crazy. Yeah, oh my gosh, we're gonna have classes, we're gonna have movies about this. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be fucking like, wild. There should be, it's probably gonna be an oversaturated amount of movies, and just oh my. everything. Like, when we just want to forget about it, obviously, we can't just totally wipe it out, forget about it, but I feel like when we do want to forget about it, they're just going to come out with all this content reflecting back on it. And yeah, I, I'm just kind of, now that I've never really thought about this, but kind of like it being depicted later on in like years, like you said, in like maybe like 2050, whatever the, ca- the state of the world is then like depicting it now. And like, we can kind of see like firsthand if they're depicting it right. Or if they're definitely like over, over dramatizing whatever yeah i don't know if that's the correct term but yeah portraying yeah. it in the right manner as it actually was you know yeah and, you know, but, and that, but that's you know that's the thing too like we'll have a good idea of whether or not like shit is real or a- how accurate it is but mm-hmm. at the same time though like because we are a diverse nation different mm-hmm. regions we may not fully know because yeah. like casey I even though like I'm fine mm-hmm. I feel like I'm pretty privileged in quite a few aspects you know so it's like 
I'm thinking of, you know, I, just, I remember just talking to my mom like a few days ago. Um, I think we were on our way back home from the doctors, the doctor's appointment that, mm-hmm. that I had mentioned earlier. Like, we are pretty fortunate because, like, yo, even just being here, because I know with East Africa, they're getting hit with swarms of locusts. Oh, You're yeah. dealing with locusts and corona. On top of all of it, yeah. So it's like, I, it, it, I, can Im- I could see like a documentary, like the unhidden, ho- the hidden horrors of coronavirus. I could see that being the name of a documentary. Yeah. I, know, I heard of something else um, about that too. Like there's another, like there's something else that hits like on top of this whole coronavirus thing. I just can't think of what it is now. Was, is it something about the murder hornets? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually, yeah, I was about to say that. But I, didn't, I heard, like, literally one thing about that, so I don't really know all that much about it, but... Neither did I. It's funny, because I actually saw it on social media yesterday, and I was like, okay, what is all this hype about? Yeah. Um, so I searched it up, and basically, I, so I think, so, they're from an Asian country, mm-hmm. and, um, no, I think they're from China, and the murder hornets, their species name I think it's a V Mandarina. Um, you can search, y'all can search that up. Just make sure that if it's accurate or not. But what they're doing is, the reason why they're called murder hornets is because they're invading um, beehives. Oh. And they're killing bee. They're killing the bees themselves. Oh. Okay. Supposedly they're ripping his heads off. That's why they're called the murder hornets. Oh my God. Um, it can't kill people. At least there's no cases on that. But are, I think that's what a lot of people are assuming. Like they see the word murder and they're like, "Oh my god!" Like I'm gonna die. No, no, I don't. I don't think so. I think they're they're just calling it murder hornets because it's affecting. Because yeah. we need bees. Um, we need bees for our environment. Yeah, and like, so the humankind is already killing enough bees as it is. So we don't need yeah species killing our bees. <laughs> So, like, it is murder in that sense. Like, it's affecting, we need bees for this population. Yeah. So, if they're, you know, if they're dealing with that, if they're negatively affecting that, we're kind of fucked indirectly. Yeah. So, um, that's all I've learned about it. I yeah. can send you, like, the article that I found um, yesterday. I, I thought it was a pretty good read. It was pretty detailed. Yeah. But I don't really know too much about it either, but I'm pretty interested and what's gonna what's gonna happen um all i yeah. was i watched those like on youtube it's it's like a guilty pleasure that i do at night I, on youtube i just watch the like the little clips of like the late show and like those kind of shows that like kind of more or less like roast trump half the time on what he does but yeah like trevor noah um um the one who does a closer look, I can't think of who that is. I always forget his name. What and, does he look? Wait, describe more of him. Maybe I know who this is. Uh, well, I watched Stephen Colbert. That's another one. I like Stephen Colbert. And, I fuck with him. Hold on, I'm looking it up. A closer look. Oh, Seth Myers. Okay. Yeah. I think he's on Comedy Central. I could be wrong. I don't know, but I watched those little clips, and that's where I heard about the murder hornet. So I just like heard briefly about it, but they didn't really go in depth of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I've heard. It's- which, which I can understand because this is relatively new. So like a lot of people, not a lot of people know about. Yeah. What this species is really 
doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, you said guilty pleasure. Yeah. I'm surprised you said that. The, uh, <laughs> um, I never really described it before, but I guess it's just because, like, I do it, like, later at night. So I know, like, I always know that I shouldn't, you always hear, like, oh, you shouldn't be on your screen before you're bed. But it's mm. a really hard thing to do. At least for me, it is. Because it's just become a habit, and I just do it. It's sort of how I decompress, but I wish I had a different way to decompress. But mm. I don't know. Like, throughout the day, I'm not, like, constantly on my phone. Like, now I am more. I don't know. Yeah. I guess the guilty pleasure is just kind of, like, because it is kind of just, like, it's one-sided. It is very one-sided. But it's a uh-huh. one-sided that I agree with. So, I don't know. Now, do you have, like, guilty pleasures when it comes to consuming art of any medium? Um, not really. No. I don't, I wouldn't describe them as guilty pleasures. Like, I own, like, I own that shit. Like, I listen to, like, I see, like, any art form, like, I see, like, kind of, like, audio, like, again, back to podcasts as, like, an art form, kind of. Yeah. In a way. So, like, I, I'm constantly listening to podcasts, so that's not something that, yeah. I yeah. fuck with it. Yeah. I used to have guilty pleasures a lot when, like, when I was younger, especially when it came to music. Mm-hmm. But now it's, like, it's art. Everything's art. And even if, like, people are not comfortable with that kind of art, Mm-hmm. it doesn't make it less valid than anything else. Like, even, I remember talking to one of my friends uh, yesterday. We were talking about South Park. I love that show. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we talked about how vulgar and profane it was. Yeah. But I was like, you know, I, I do think it's artistic. Um, mm-hmm. Even if we're not talking about, like, the vulgarity, even just the message yeah. that's, like, conveyed in the episodes. Like, it's, it's kind of like comedy. It's kind of like truth hidden in layers of like profane words. Yeah. Like it's really, I, I always thought that was kind of dope. It's kind of like Stephen Colbert in a sense. It's like, it's, it's satirical. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, like you even can, just, what were you going to say? I said like, you can look at anything really like as art, kind of like, I know, like, I mean, this can relate because I know like both of us, we've read a book or we, we had to read a book called uh, What is Art or something like that. Yeah. Wemple's class. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, there is so many people in our class, I feel like, didn't like that book. But I'm like, what? What are you talking about? I love this book. Like, I love, I love the book, that. too. I honestly love that. Like, I wish I would have bought it, but I rented it, so I don't have it. I don't think I have it for myself anymore. Mm. But, like, I love that book. <laughs> Me, too. I, um, Even when, like, I remember when Wemple's class, I think there was, a, there was this art exhibit mm-hmm. where supposedly there was, like, um bloody rags um on near the ceiling right yeah and i think the artist made it known that he had hiv oh yeah i know what you're talking about yeah wasn't it yeah wasn't this like a marilyn manson was it i'm not sure wasn't i'm not i'm not sure who it was i don't remember that in class and that was one of like the stunts that he did i could be totally wrong I don't know. I feel like that's what we went over. Because I remember he did mention Manson before. He yeah. definitely mentioned Manson. Yeah. Um, but like, I, the art wasn't in the bloody rags. So it's also really just people's reaction. How like, how anything, how just 
a simple piece of information can really change your reaction to things. Um, you know, I think I think that's cool because it shows a, it shows the truth in human beings. I think to me that's my favorite kind of art. Yeah. Um, you know, as kind of, and there was actually another topic that I was in this conversation. This topic makes me think of. Because I remember I was talking to one of my friends, Kiki, who also goes to Bloomsburg, um, a few weeks ago. And she told me, like, a pet peeve of hers. Her pet peeve is when, say, if someone dies, yeah. right, um, they'll post them, someone will post them, their, la- their loved ones, on social media, and may write in paragraphs about how much they love them, mm-hmm. and but they may not ever say that to the person when they were alive. Yeah, yeah. Like, what do you think about that? I think that's definitely, like, that is definitely a thing. I don't know if I classify it as, like, I never thought about it as, like, a pet peeve. I think it's just something that is, like, so, like, socially, like, accepted, kind of. Like, oh, this, yeah. Like, you feel, I think it's a whole thing of a lot of people once – someone passes away they feel like they should or they have to post on social media to make it known that or I know um personally there's uh someone I went to high school with they uh committed suicide and a lot of people oh my god yeah it was it was it was a rough time for everyone in our grade but I'm so sorry yeah yeah it's it's all I mean it's not totally okay now but like it's still it was still a sad time for that but yeah. there are so many people I know like you can show your condolences and everything like that but a lot of people who like barely even knew the person were posting about it it's like yeah you can show like show your support and everything like that but when you it, it comes down to the context of what you're putting in and are you like over not over analyzing I'm trying to think of the word are you like pretty much saying like making it portrayed as you're like oh buddy buddy best friends with this person when you really weren't because that's kind of that wasn't accurate yeah it's inaccurate and it's not it's being insensitive to the people who were because then when they go this long deep thing like how are we that that really is like what went on kind of Uh uh-huh yeah I, i i mean it is my apologies, I check for package. Um, it does come across as disingenuous. Yeah. Um, That's the word I was looking for. I, I agree, but I, again, guess here's what I think about that. Hmm. I feel like with social media, that has kind of made us, made us look through the eyes of a content creator because, you know, we're posting things about ourselves. Mm-hmm even just the filters we used for pictures to really cut that complement the picture, the original picture, yeah. the cap, we think a lot about the caption. We think a lot about so many things, how we present ourselves on social media. So in a way we're all kind of artists. Yeah. And so like when we're talking about someone, cause I remember, you know, I'll be honest. I did that with my uncle a few weeks prior. Mm-hmm. I remember just writing just like stories about him, like why he mattered to me a lot. Like, just little anecdotes about like when he took me, you know, around Philadelphia, even though like he, I, it was so awesome about him. Cause like, he's from New York. He lived in the Bronx, mm-hmm. but he was such a free spirit. He was so 
open-minded and friendly and he just felt so comfortable with people that like even when he went to a a completely different environment he made it his he would still talk to people he would still greet people he would still converse with people like the way you guys saw me like in bloomsburg I tried to act like him in that sense. Yeah, I was just about to say that. I'm like, that's kind of like how you were, though. <laughs> like, I try my best to emulate him the best I can. Like, yeah. he was great. Yeah. Um, you know, and it was like, but yeah, like, I remember talking about that. And it was like, you know, I could kind of see it. Like, it was kind of one of those things where, like, it, it was therapeutic just talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, even if, like, whether... It was public or private. It still meant a lot just talking. And I know a lot of people do this too on Instagram where they vent about their personal feelings. Mm-hmm. They kind of put it out in the air. And I could understand like how it, that could be unhealthy because like you're kind of talking to people that don't really care about your personal life. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really depends on from what perspective you're seeing it from. If you're just seeing yourself as an artist, right? Um, it's kind of like, because Kiki was like, you know, that's kind of, it could kind of come across as self-absorbed in a way, just putting all your problems out. Yeah. But I remember Bo Burnham. I'm not sure if you ever heard of him. Um, uh, that name sounds really familiar. He was a he was like a comedian. Um, I think he made like he was like a musical comedian. Like so, he performed songs as he was doing like okay. jokes. Really good. But he said all artists are inherently self-absorbed we're all like conceited yeah um like we're making art for validation to some degree yeah even if it's not from masses of people it's it's from ourselves and validation is from our peers i know a lot of musicians do that too where they you know they play to impress others they're virtuoso musicians like we are we're all wanting validation right now yeah um so i think like when i i think when i think of it like that it's kind of like I don't get mad when someone posts it on social media. Mm-hmm. Now, to put myself in the perspective of a dead person, mm-hmm. if I died, Casey, and someone was like, someone I hated, the best friend in the world, I'm like, no, we weren't. You were racist. Um, <laughs> like, I, you know, like that, I wouldn't like that shit. But yeah. then again, that's from the artistic standpoint, like that's her every right. Yeah. So it really depends on how you look at it, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, never. Yeah. I'm so, That's a good oh, I'm so sorry for going this weird rant about it, but yeah. This whole conversation is just kind of like bopping around to every topic, so it's, it's totally fine. Um, but just that whole about like how artists are like self-absorbed, like I never really thought about it that way, but like yeah, that's like really true. Like we can, because we're creating art for ourselves. I mean, no matter what you, what people can say, to be like, oh, I'm creating it for other people, like. Some, yeah I do create art for other people like I create for art for other people and I like donate part of my money to like another organization but like am I creating it just as much for myself like yeah I am yeah <laughs> like I'll no. admit it yeah I am <laughs> oh for sure I think like I think most artists create for like different aspects they create for themselves in some respects they create for other people in some respects even in a some people are some artists approach it like i'm creating it for me to give you a better to give people a better understanding of how i'm like yeah like even though you're doing it to help you help people understand you you're doing it essentially for people still yeah you know so it's like you're doing it 
art is very multifaceted. Even the our intentions in making art is multifaceted. Yeah. So because you're doing it for yourself, it doesn't like that gets a bad. I think that gets a bad rep, but like that's not really a bad thing. Like oh, of course, it yeah. Depends on your motives. Like if you're doing it for yourself to like self promote or like portray this idea that you're just kind of like if you're just making art just pretty much I get I know a lot of people do it but just to sell it for the most part like you don't really have that much connection to it like that's when I don't like it I don't think that's the best because it's not it's not genuine but then you want to do art as like a form like yeah you can create art to sell it like I'm not bashing that I do that so yeah it's like but when you just solely do that compared to like when you're creating art again like you said to let other people kind of in on your life and also just create art just to be like therapeutic and like meditative I know that's really helpful for me especially like yeah like again back to the whole like therapy can be anything kind of thing like when I'm doing like prints like even like here when I'm like doing printmaking and like I'm not going to go into the whole printmaking jargon because people listening won't understand it at all. <laughs> but like when uh-huh. I'm making prints, like that's like so therapeutic for me and time just like flies by. Like mm-hmm. I'll be in the studio, like when I was at Bloom, like in a studio for like seven or eight hours and it'll feel like nothing. Like it'll just fly by. And I love it. So that can be, that's art created for myself, but like that's in a good sense. So. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I definitely think, um, I mean, I, I definitely agree with you that, like, if you're doing this solely for commercial purposes, just to sell, you don't care. That's mm-hmm. why I get mad a lot for, um, I remember, so I'm not sure if you're familiar with either artist, but I remember when uh, Tyler, the creator, yeah. have you ever heard of Tyler, the, and oh, yeah. Yeah. DJ, have you ever heard of DJ Khaled? DJ who? DJ Khaled. Uh... I feel like I know who you're talking about, but I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure. Okay. He's the fat guy. <laughs> well, I don't want to share what he was. I named it. I'd say like, Cal- I thought it was like Khalid or something like that. Um, I think he says Khalid. Okay. Yeah. And there's an artist named Khalid, but yeah, that's a different guy. The yeah. big guy that's like, yeah. we the best music. Yeah. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. That's who I, I thought. That Fucking hate that guy. But I remember, um, <laughs> I hate that guy. But, <laughs> I remember, I think it was last year, it was exactly around May, mm-hmm. Tyler, the creator, had released an album. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. I think it's probably one of the best albums I've heard so far as a 20-year-old. I would recommend anyone like it if, like, if you're into, like, um, if you're into, like, synth wave, like, synth pop, and a mixture of pop, funk, and R&B, I would definitely recommend anyone to check it out if you like that kind of stuff. But anyway, um... Tyler sold more than DJ Khaled mm-hmm. and you know being from the hip-hop community because I'm a huge hip-hop fan it was a it was a pleasant surprise because Tyler doesn't normally make commercial music he's kind of one of those people where it's like everyone knows who he is in the community mm-hmm. but he doesn't have like radio friendly songs yeah it's too weird for people generally yeah I like that and I remember I like that kind of music too I, I I think I'm kind of a weird guy you know so it's like I like more weird stuff um so I was happy for him but I remember DJ Kyle was very upset and he said you know I make music to be consumed at you know barbershops parties the radio Mm -hmm. um you know when you're you know like any sort of social gathering 
Tyler makes mysterious music, quote unquote. Um, and it was like, dude, you, from my perspective, you've been relevant for 10 years now. Mm-hmm. That's a privilege. Yeah. The fact that like you had, you didn't, you didn't, you were number five on the billboard or number 10 or 15. You were number two. Yeah. That is a blessing enough. Yeah. So you're mad at someone because they make less commercial music that they're finally beating you commercially. That's stupid. And it shows that you don't really care about the art like that. Yeah. That's just showing that like sort of like the view on music is like kind of shifting, which I really think it is. Like people are like, I know so many, at least in our generation, people are like, ew, radio, like they're finding their own things like on Spotify and like finding so many new, like smaller artists. And I'm so like glad about that because there's so many great small artists out there. They're just getting like washed out by all this commercial pop, like just this commercial, commercially made music that all follow the same exact layout and like standard type thing. And it's just, it's so repetitive and it's, there's no like, like depth to it. And I like my music to have like depth for the most part. Yeah. Sometimes you I mean like, when you talk, when you say depth, do you mean like lyric wise content or I like? Kind of like, kind of like both. Like, yeah, like either way. If it just, cause I mean the depth can kind of like strike anyone kind of differently. It just depends how they relate to the lyrics kind of. Of course, yeah. I don't know. I just look for more than just like, you know, like cookie cutter pop you want to put it that way that's on the radio I feel you. yeah no I feel you like and I definitely think that you know with the internet age mm-hmm. and more people able to contribute to the music world mm-hmm. we're seeing I actually think I have this really unpopular opinion maybe it's not unpopular as I think it is maybe my hipster's coming out um I think pop I actually like pop music right now because mm-hmm. I think we're more allowing for other people like I think of BTS, the K-pop group. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of guys like Roddy Rich, who is a fantastic rapper in my opinion. The fact that he, a guy like him, even though years ago he probably would have never had a number one in the country, now he's able to shine. Yeah. You have Tyler the Creator who won a Grammy. Yeah. Um so I think we're starting to slowly see a shift. More pop artists are becoming more artistic and experimental. Mm-hmm. Like we're no longer in the days of like, at least I don't think so. Cause I think we're allowing more people in, people of different ethnicities, different cultures, different styles. Yeah. Like even with just Dua Lipa, mm-hmm. I fucking loved her last project. Like I've noticed that pop music now with guys like The Weeknd and Dua Lipa, there's more synth wave, there's more disco um, influences. Yeah. There's more influence of the house music and EDM slowly creeping in. Yeah. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. But I do think, though, like, in general, um, I think in terms of hip-hop, just as a hip-hop fan, in terms of what's mainstream, mm-hmm. it is pretty homogenous. Like, it's the same kind of hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're alternative, you're not going to get the same respect. Mm-hmm. And I've always found that annoying you know it's because i think like music is the the reason why i find music so beautiful is because it's so diverse so when we put music out to the public when we um promote it shouldn't we have that reflect Mm -hmm. the 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 diversity in the music yeah i don't know 
it's, it's it's a very frustrating thing and i could go on and on about this but and I, <laughs> you but yeah on it. <laughs> i'll yeah I'll, i won't you know yeah I'll to be, for the sake of brevity i won't yeah but no, like definitely like cat like record another time or hopefully maybe sometime we could actually do it like in person that would be nice oh, i would love that yeah <laughs> that'd be awesome and you know that whole just what you said it's like this the whole like diversity and music and everything like there's so much out there it's just like you just kind of got to go deeper and like find it you have to look for it like that's my pet peeve that's my personal pet peeve yeah when people complain about music like oh the generation sucks but it's like go out and look for it there's something there's honestly something out there for everyone like you can't say there's no music out there for you like you just haven't done enough research and that music like you haven't found that music and this might sound hippie but that music hasn't found you so (laughs) you might just that's fair you might just have to wait till it you hear it come on some kind of like random playlist and you're like damn that's like that's what i want to that's my music taste like yeah like your music taste changes all the time like i know mine has like so much what have you been i, I like some stuff now that i'm like i never saw myself liking this like one i feel you yeah like i know he's popular but like hoodie allen like uh-huh. i i never thought that i'd like I know I listened to that. I think I listened to like one song of his like a while ago and I didn't really vibe with it that much. But his last album, like I've been listening to it like all the time. It is so freaking good. Like I just keep what, listening to what it. What do you like about the album? I don't, I know like the first, the first song is called Intro to Anxiety. And I think it just kind of like resonates with me. So that's kind of why I like mm, it. Uh-huh. So like Intro to Anxiety. I'm like, that's, that's I don't know. I just, I really like it. So I just also like like the beat behind it too. I'm finding a lot more expert, like appreciation for like, just like the beat behind music rather than just being like, Oh, this music doesn't have good lyrics or like deep quote unquote deep lyrics. So I'm not going to like it, but I feel you. I've kind of had that change too. Like I know, like for instance, like I, I try my best to listen to different types of stuff. Like, you know, you know, have, just have what I listen to just be dependent on my mood. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that like I love Playboy Cardi and Young Thug. If I'm trying to listen to something more melodic but not lyric oriented, mm-hmm. I think Cardi especially. One, he's if you don't if you if you haven't listened to him before, I think you'll probably have a hard time understanding him. He mm-hmm. mumbles a lot, yeah, but he says the same lines across the entire song, mm-hmm. and. I think it doesn't, I'm like, this is, my old, my older, my younger self would have been like, yo, this shit is fucking trash, B. Like, I don't want to hear this shit no more. Yeah. But when I think about his purpose, it's like, his purpose is, his aesthetic is supposed to be hypnotic. Mm-hmm. Like, the production he raps over is very airy, very repetitive. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like I look at it like a mantra because you know mantras are mad repetitive. Like they'll say the same phrase over again mm-hmm. to get you feeling that way. Yeah. And when I thought of it like that, I'm like, oh, he's he's really good at what he does. It's just not a lot of people like it because that's they're not used to hearing music like that. Yeah. They a lot of people like music to be dynamic. Like it has to have progression, whether it be you know in terms of song structure, in terms of the beat. Like they like progression. Yeah. Um, so, like, I love Playboy Cardi. I, when it comes to music in general, I 
listened to, but I didn't see myself listening to now. I've been getting into a lot of reggae and dance hall. Like, I don't think I ever told you, but my dad was like a Jamaican DJ. Oh, he was a reggae DJ. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So, like, growing up, I'd hear a lot of classic records, like from Sister Nancy, mm -hmm. Buju Batten, uh, Sizzla. And I think, you know, just to be rebellious, I was like, man, turn this shit off in my head. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear reggae or dance hall. But now, as I'm getting older, and I think it kind of corresponds with the, 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 what I mentioned earlier about the desire to learn more about my heritage, mm -hmm. I'm starting to listen to that music almost every day. Oh, cool. Like, so, yeah. Like, coming full circle back to, like, your roots, kind of. Yeah, yeah. It, it's actually pretty nice. I um, think it's so cool about music. Like, you always just, like, I think it's, like, a common thing. Because I know for me, at least, like, I kind of relate to that with, like, my love for Elton John. Because... Mm. Like, I loved him. Like, he was, his music was, like, a hot, like, a, like, very much ingrained in, like, my childhood. And then, like, yeah. I, I didn't, like, push it away, but, like, I just kind of, like, floated away from it, kind of. And then, like, it's so funny, because, like, I was listening to, like, a newer artist. I remember, I, like, don't know how I remember this, but I remember listening to a smaller artist, like, my junior, senior year in high school or something like that, and I was really into him. And just one of his songs just so much reminded me of one of Elton's songs. And I was like, I should just start listening to Elton John again. Like, I missed that. And then I started, and since yeah. then, I'm just, I'm just in deep again. So. And <laughs> isn't, isn't it so beautiful when you feel like the music hits differently? That you feel like you've grown with the music in a way? Yeah, I love that. Oh, my God. Like, your, like your favorite song changes. And, like, I look back, I'm like, this, my favorite song from him now would have never been my favorite song back when I was listening when I was younger because I didn't like understand the context behind it kind of yeah, like, yeah. I just like the whole like oh I like like if you know a song like Crocodile Rock I just like that because it was like catchy and like one of his bigger singles because I would hear it all the time so I was younger so I didn't deep dive into all this other stuff so yeah, of course, because we were, you know, we were all young, so like we weren't thinking much about context. We weren't being critical consumers, and like yeah. that's reasonable because we were kids, yeah, we you know. Surface level of it, so yeah. And no, like that makes me like think of like, do you remember "Hey Ya" by Outkast? Oh yeah, yeah. It comes First on of all, every once in a while, yeah. What'd you say? It comes on my playlist that like Apple puts together for me sometimes. Yeah. Oh my god, Casey, I love Outkast, but like, I was kind of a hipster. I was like, you know, I hate Hey Ya because, you know, Hey Ya is overplayed. Mm -hmm. Outkast has, like, a, six amazing albums, in my opinion, that's more, you know, more reflective of their talents. Yeah. But anyway, I remember, like, a year ago, mm -hmm. I listened to Hey Ya again, and the lyrics are really, really depressing. Hmm. Very depressing. Oh, I never really... Uh, like listen really deep into them. Neither did I. Not a lot of people did. You know, and, you know, it was so funny. Yeah. That the that Andre D. Thousand, one of the members of Outkast, like when he wrote the song, like, and I think in one part of the song he said, "Y'all don't want to hear me. Y'all just want to dance." And it's so, and no one peeped that. Yeah, because no because it's true. Because no one's <laughs> everyone just wants to dance. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Like, the song is basically about, like, you can listen to it in your free time, of course, like, if, you, yeah. if you're interested. But from what I gather, the song is basically just about, like, being alone and you're kind of being desperate to accept anyone as a partner. 
Mm. Like, Andre's in a shitty relationship, but because he saw his parents stick together, even though they were unhappy, mm. he wants to, he's going to stick with his girl to stay happy, too. Even though he truly knows they don't love each other. Oh, wow. That's what the song's about. Jeez. I didn't Heavy. Know, I never would have, like, looked into it more, like, with that song. It just seems like a like an upbeat, like, dancey song, so... Yeah, yeah, I I didn't think of it much too, but like until last year when I like looked read it closely, I was like, oh wow, this is actually really sad. Um, like, I'm I'm trying to think of other songs that that are like that too that sound very upbeat, but it's pretty sad. Yeah, I think it's um, a pretty common thing that like not super common, but like a lot of artists I think kind of like use that like sort of like an outlet. It's just like using it as an outlet to kind of I don't know, like if you like you want to convey your emotions out there but like you're kind of showing it like covered up too yet in a way yeah yeah it's cool. like i think of a a recent example of this and this is less subtle than hey ah mm -hmm. um you ever heard of exo tour life no i haven't by um lil uzi Vert. um he's another like pretty popular guy he's actually from philadelphia too my sister actually went to school with him briefly um yeah, he um pretty popular here, um, and one, that was his biggest song. I think the chorus went, "All my friends are dead." No, he said, "Push me to the edge." All my friends are dead. All my friends are dead. Mm -hmm. And it's like everyone's dancing to it at the club, but it's like what he's talking about is pretty sad if you look at it at a specific level. Like, you know, that sucks. Yeah. Um, you know, um, like even. Cause I think some people were like, oh, well, no, when he says all my friends are dead, he's talking about money because, you know, money has like presidents, dead people on it. So he's saying that all the people that he needs in his life, all his friends are his, his wealth. Okay. But even then, that's still pretty sad to look at. Either way, it's kind of a, it's just kind of a messed up situation. Yeah, you have really no one in your life besides your possessions and they don't last forever either. So that's pretty sad. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I love depressing pop music. I think that's the best kind of music. <laughs> but it just contradicts itself. Yeah. No, I, I, think, I think it does kind of reflect this generation in a way. I like to think that, like, um, even when we make memes about, like, tragedies, whether it be COVID, mm -hmm. the idea of a World War III, I think it's more of a coping mechanism. Like, we kind of hide, we, we hide our sadness through humor and all yeah. this flowery stuff. Yeah, it's like comic relief, kind of, in a way. Yeah. yeah. That's one thing I've... I think that's one thing that's going to distinguish our generation from others. Yeah. Definitely. For sure. And, yeah. And actually, I... We've been talking for so long. I realized that I have a final... A Zoom final, actually, in like... Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. You're fine. So I'm just going to, like, wrap up the podcast. Um, okay. I You, like... This chat was like awesome, and I saw on like, I think I briefly saw on your Instagram story that were you on another podcast? Or, I was, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. So you're like kind of somewhat experienced in this. <laughs> yeah, I was just invited. They actually went to the Bloom too. Um, I, yeah, I was just invited to a podcast for like two episodes. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, but I would definitely love to, you know, show up as a guest for your podcast too. I would love that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, like, where there's so much more that we could talk about, trust me. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. Oh. 
yeah i'm um, really excited for some like wrap-up questions uh what's one thing that you're looking forward to in like the upcoming time like whether that be tomorrow or like later on today or like next week just something that that's keeping you like optimistic okay so i'm looking forward to finals being over so i have time to listen to music um like i've been like the two okay there's three artists that i really want i want to listen to them closely mm-hmm. outcast i love outcast they're like i could go on about that but that could be for a different podcast why i love them so much oh yeah for sure um radiohead one album from radiohead i want to listen to in its entirety mm-hmm. and uh, in terms of current guys i want to listen to burner boys last album I'm not sure if you're familiar with Burner Boy, but he is Afrobeat. Um, he. I've never listened to him yet. I've listened to him. I've heard of him, but I've never listened to him. I can send you stuff by him. He, um, I like Burner Boy a lot. I think, um, he's very politically aware. Mm-hmm. Like he has one song called, I think, called Collateral Damage that talks about how you know everyone, all the nation's leaders eat while everyone else suffers. And how we have to really not be complacent when we come when it comes to fighting for our rights. You know, it's like even just reading that as an outsider, someone that's not in Nigeria, I could definitely resonate with that with our country, you know? So yeah. it's it's cool to learn about. Yeah, there's um, actually an artist that I listen to. I don't know if you ever heard of Grandson. No. Oh I, my god, he is so woke. Everything that he says, oh my god, it is if if you're on if if you fly more right, you're not going to like Grandson. I'm just saying that for anyone listening. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And he's very, like, it's so true. He's so, oh, my God. I, his music what is would, amazing. If, um, I mean, I know you don't have much time, but, like, one question, though, like, what was, like, one point that he made that really drew you into him? Um, there's this one song. It's called War. And yeah. actually, like, the cover art for War is, like, uh image like replicating sort of like donald trump but like there's like there's like are there like x's over there's something over his eyes i can't remember what right now it's been a while i looked at it but like it's just commenting on like everywhere there's war and it's just like war everywhere and he just makes certain points that are like obviously directed like right towards trump and they're so freaking on point and true i can't think of any like right now off my head but like the lyrics are just so free. And it's it's really good hype music, too. <laughs> oh, did you... I could have... Maybe you told, it, told me about uh, it at college. No, that was an effect. That was an effect. I do remember that now. I don't really listen to them that much anymore. I went through... Okay. But they are good hype music, too. They have good beat to them. What what made you, like, stop listening to them? Was it... I think you were feeling it someday? Well, yeah, I wasn't really feeling it. I think it just didn't really, like, stick with me that much. So, yeah. That happens. Yeah. Like, I, you ever just cringe at your old music taste? Yeah. I mean, it was a good phase, but like, it just didn't stick with me. So. Oh, I feel you. Yeah. I was just asking, like, in general, because, like, I'm, man, I'm just thinking of it right now. When I was 14, my music taste was trash. I mean, yeah. of course, art's subjective, art's very subjective, but from my perspective, the yeah. music I listened to when I was trash. Like, have you ever heard of, like, fucking Limp Biscuit? Oh my God, yeah. I never listened to him, but yeah, I've heard of him. <laughs> They're horrible. They're like the hot dog water of music, in my opinion. Oh, my God. It's a good way to do yeah. it. Honestly. They're not that good. But, 
that's me though. But what what is the name of the um the artist again? Granted son. Grandson, yeah. Grandson. Like grand, just like grandson, like G R. Grandson. O N, yeah, yeah. Oh, like. And everything that he does is like also like lowercase. Like so, his like his name is lowercase, so like the G isn't capitalized, and like all his song lyrics, not lyrics. His song titles are lowercase, so I think that's also why I like him because that's very much my aesthetic, and I really like that stuff. So, yeah, that's cool. What kind of music would you classify him? Um, like alternative hip hop. Alternative hip hop. Kind of like it's kind of like a jumble of like everything. I don't know. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay, I'm gonna write it down on my list because I've. I've want to find more people to listen to as well grandson okay and then for the last question to wrap it up since yes the i'm proud of you podcast what are you proud of yourself for doing lately could be like any range of time um let's see i think i'm proud of myself that i become a better listener um i feel like when I was growing up, I was very talkative. I think it was, it was really because, like, because I felt like in school, I wasn't respected or appreciated enough that mm-hmm. when I did have a chance to talk, I would talk a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I learned, you know, I'm still quite a talker, you know, as you guys heard <laughs> the past hour. But I realized that, you know, you have to, if you're gonna, if you're gonna try to talk, if you're trying to, if you wanna be a good talker, you have to be a good listener. For sure. Um, so I think just like, talking to different people like you mentioned earlier um just talking to people even at my job at wales like mm-hmm. and understanding what they want to accomplish in their in their in our writing session and me helping them not putting my own needs above them yeah um that's helped me grow as a man honestly so i would say that's one thing i'm proud of myself for oh that's awesome i think it's definitely yeah you're definitely like like you said like you're definitely the talker, but like you can listen like just as well too. So it's kind of, kind of goes both ways. So. Yeah, I try, I try my best to be balanced because like I've seen a lot of people, Casey. I'm I'm sure you and I have both encountered even at the same time some people that love to dominate conversations. Oh, oh my god, yes. Oh my god, yeah. Um, we could go on for that in, you know, the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned. Like part two. Like it's yeah. Like we're gonna do so much shade against people from Bloomsburg. It's not going to be funny. <laughs> Won't name drop, but we'll... <laughs> oh, I, I'm i I'm sorry for name dropping someone earlier. No, I shouldn't it's, have fine. it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I mean, like, I doubt she watches podcasts, yeah. so I think we'll be I know good. How to edit, I know how to edit stuff, so I can easily edit it out, too, so it's fine. Can you beat me? Can you beat me when I, I say her I name? Beat, but I can try. I can definitely... I think that would sound so cool. Yeah. I can try. Got it. Okay. Definitely okay. Try my hand at editing. Try that new skill. Give me some practice. So. And before you go, Casey, I have one simple question for you. Yeah, go for it. What is your favorite grandson song overall? Um, I think War, like the one I mentioned. That's the first one that comes to mind. War? Okay. I'll yeah. check it out. Yeah. I'll check it out and I'll let you know what I think. Okay. Awesome. Sounds good. Right, thank you so much for coming on. This was awesome. This was a good Anytime. Time. You had an awesome time, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, when are you taking your final? Um, it's uh, 2.45. 
I'm, it's not taking a final. It's a art critique. So it's just us talking about our prints. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, still, best of luck to that. Um, yeah. And stay safe. Yeah, um, to everyone good. listening, stay safe as well. Um, take care of your mental health. And I hope to come back as a guest again. Yeah, I hope so, too. We'll definitely have you back on. Hopefully, maybe in person next time. I would love that, too. Yeah. Be awesome. Okay. All right, Casey. Yeah, so I'll, I'll listen to Grant's and I'll let you know what I think. Okay, sounds good. Thanks for chatting. Anytime, yeah. Have yeah. a good one. You, too. Bye. How great was that chat, guys? It was a good one, I told you. Was I right, or was I right? I know that was really long, but I really liked it. And I know, personally, I really like longer podcasts to listen to a lot. I, I don't really tend to vibe that much with these quick little, like, 15-minute ones. Once in a while. I mean, there's a, there's a time and place for them. Don't get me wrong. But I digress. Anyway, um, I'm really thankful to have Ray Cam on the podcast, and... He was a great guest, and if you guys want to check him out, I'll leave his Instagram links in the show notes, and you can just click the link and hop on over, check out his Instagram. As you could probably tell from hearing him talk, he's a very diverse dude. He's very knowledgeable in a lot of things I didn't even know he was knowledgeable about. Uh, I definitely learned a lot about Ray, and I had known him for two years. So, yeah, um... It was, it was educational for us all. So I really hope you guys liked it. Let me know what you think. Leave a rating and review on this podcast wherever you listen. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And head over to the Instagram for this podcast. It's at improudofyou.pod. I'll also leave that linked in the show notes. And also you can find me on my personal Instagram, and that's at Consciously Casey. And for the last little bit of this pod, I will leave you with the things that I'm proud of me for. So one thing, actually, is very timely for today. I just finished my last final for my sophomore year of college. That's right. I'm halfway through college. That is mind-boggling to me. Like, what? Like, I still remember being a freshman and going into the dorms and just being so awkward and scared and excited, but mostly scared. But now I'm just really comfortable with college, and I love it. It's really, really shaped me into who I am now. I'm really thankful for it. I never expected to do half the things that I do now in college, uh, it's just, it's just amazing to me. So yeah, that's what I'm proud of me for. And one other thing, I'll, I have two today. I, I am proud of myself. Actually, another timely one. I just finished some tea, some like herbal tea. It was berry tea. It was, it was very good. <laughs> I'm so punny. Aren't you guys glad this podcast is soon over? <laughs> or are you sad about it? Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, I decided to make myself some tea today, some cold, cold brew tea. Cold tea? Is it called cold brew if it's cold? I don't know. I'm a coffee drinker typically, so I don't, I'm not well versed in the tea lingo and everything like that. Anyway, back on the, back on the proud of me moment. Casey, get in check. Um, 
I usually have like a midday coffee, like pick-me-up kind of thing, like an iced coffee. Mind you, a pretty large iced coffee in the middle of the day, like around two-ish, like one or two. And it's lately just been making me super jittery and just feeling, feeling really weird and really shitty. So yeah, I've just decided that I'm going to try to go with tea. And I never really like warm tea that much. So I think I'm just going to start out with iced tea. That's the word I'm looking for, iced tea, not cold brew tea. What? Okay, okay, okay. Iced tea. Iced tea, yeah. And I put some lemon in it and it was so good. It was actually really good. I was really surprised because usually tea I'm just left with this like eh like this is slightly flavored water but I really liked it so uh, maybe I'm hopping on the tea train I don't know I don't know let me know are you guys coffee or tea drinkers I'm interested to know or are you both like I'm venturing into because I am sure as hell not giving up coffee like no I'm just cutting back on my coffee so yeah I'll leave you guys with that uh, this was a very long episode. If you've listened this far, um, just how about leave me a comment on one of my posts or send me a DM on Instagram. Send me what emoji should I have you guys send? I don't know if you guys listen to the podcast Let It Out with Katie Dalebout, but she does this a lot and has it end on an emoji. I'm not going to always do this. I just feel like this episode is so long. So if you guys listened, I want to just send you a personal thank you message. So if you listen the whole way, let's see, I'm looking at my most recent emojis. Send me the red balloon emoji. How about that? Just send me the red balloon emoji. Either comment it on one of my posts, anywhere, any of the platforms that I mentioned, or message it to me, DM me. And yeah, I'll leave you guys with that. I hope you're proud of yourself for whatever you accomplished today because I am proud of you. And yeah, bye guys.